jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Howard for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration. Step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number. If you'd like to get involved, we had a ton of calls yesterday in regards to SU football. Keep those phone calls coming today. We want to talk SU football in the first hour. We'll get to some NFL in hour number two as we give you our top five and bottom five in the league. I, uh, I drastic. I made a major mistake last week. I made a major mistake last Would week. Would you care to share now, or are you just teasing us for the next hour? I'll, uh, I'll tease you. I made a major mistake. Putting the Bills opinion. last was your mistake. Uh, the no, Cardinals but are the is, worst team in the well, league. See, okay, fine. You just gave it away. I didn't have the Cardinals in my bottom five because I, I did not see a minute of the Cardinals game last weekend. And I, it must have been like out of sight, out of mind. And I, I didn't see them. I didn't hear about them. I didn't think about them. And uh, yeah, they're terrible. They are terrible. They are ter- like there's there's no other way to describe it. They are just terrible. Seahawks are low key bad as well. They're re- yes, they are bad. I'm mad at the Seahawks. I know that no one ever likes to hear about somebody else's fantasy team. You know that touchdown that they it scored co- at the it end cost me my fantasy matchup. Cost me my fantasy matchup by nine tenths of a point. That meaningless <laughs> touchdown too. with 14 seconds left. <laughs> me too. They're they're bad too. Uh, they're really bad. Yes. I don't think the Bills are the worst team in the league right now. I think I, that, I, I think, think the Cardinals still... get that that. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals have only scored six points. The Cardinals, I think, are worse than the Bills, and that's saying a lot. The Cardinals uh, we'll get, have scored six points. We'll get to our top and bottom five in the next hour. We'll get to our weekly sound check as well. We want to hear from you. You can also text us on the show at 315-288-0644. But we begin with SU football. I want to spend the first hour or so talking SU football. And one of our loyal listeners uh, tweeted at us yesterday with a question. I thought it was a very good question, so I wanted to start the show with it today. He said, would you sign up for seven wins right now? So you can't do better than that. Can't do worse than that. Would you lock into seven wins for this SU football season, yes or no? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would. Um, this is a change from where I probably was yesterday. I, I, I still think there's potential for this team to do better. I think they've looked really good. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about it more, and I'm, I'm looking as, as the line comes out, and they are 27 and a half point favorites over UConn, which is just laughably, like laughably large. Um, I, I shows you how bad UConn is, right? And and that's why I say this. I'm not saying Syracuse isn't good, but haven't they kind of done what they should so far? You beat Western Michigan on the road. You beat Wagner at home. You beat Florida State. Now they've looked. They've they've looked good doing it. Don't get me wrong. They've looked good doing it. 
But haven't they done what they're supposed to? And so maybe yesterday I would say, nah, I don't want to sign up for seven because I think there's potential for more. And there might be potential for more. But I also think sign up for seven because you haven't done that in six years. So, like, if you can get that, just go for it. Do I need to remind you that you predicted five wins for this team before the season started? And now you're saying, well, they've done what they were supposed to do? Well, haven't they? You weren't weren't predicting a win over Florida State at the beginning of the year? Well, no, because I thought Florida State would be better. Okay. But but once we got to game week, they've done done what they they should do to these teams. Fair point. I think they should have won all three of those games as we approached them. We picked Syracuse in all three games. We're certainly going to pick them against UConn. You go on down the list, though, you're, you're going to pick them against North Carolina. You're going to pick them against Louisville. That's six. Okay. Could they split between Wake Forest and Pittsburgh? That's seven. And then do you pull off one upset? NC State at home is what Pot- you're saying? I was saying Wake Forest and Pitt. No, I know, but NC they also State, have NC State at home. Right. I mean, I think NC State is slightly ahead of where Syracuse is right now. I'm looking at the, the games that you feel like they're going to. You feel like they're going to beat NC State? And if you do, then you wouldn't sign up for seven. No, I, I probably, I, I mean, right at this moment, I'm probably not picking that. No, I probably wouldn't pick. Here's them the to thing. Be this State. is the way I look at it. Would I sign up right now? And you know, like if you're playing a video game and you just say like auto play the rest of the season, right? Would I auto play the rest of the season right now if I knew that at the end of the day Syracuse was getting seven in a bowl game? I don't think I would. I don't think I would. You, t- you think the team's better? I think that they potentially could be better. But what is? What does seven and five in a bowl game really get you? Like it's it's great. Like this community would be excited. It would it would help build you know momentum and it would help you move in the right direction. And I get that. But wouldn't eight or nine wins expedite the process? Yes. So I, if it's me, I say no. I say you roll the dice based on what you've seen. Okay, none of these were. It wasn't a fluke. You beat Florida State. Like, no, not at all. That game should have been forty-five to seven. It was at thirty least. to seven, but yeah. whatever. I mean, you look at the final stats. Like they dominated that game in all three phases, and that was Florida State. And I get that Florida State is down, and I know that they're dealing with a new head coach and they're trying to figure it all out. And maybe the Florida State team that we saw week three is not the same Florida State team that we're going to see week nine. I get that, but Syracuse went out and just clobbered them, and so the, the way that they've looked so far. And you're right. They have done what they should do. Okay? But my expectations, and I had this team winning six games, my expectations have changed. I said six and six in a bowl game. I think seven wins right now. You think and that's I don't a think low we're number. Overreacting. I you think, think seven, seven wins, is a low number. I think seven wins right now is the expectation. Remember earlier I said six is the expectation for me. Right. That's like if they should hit six and then I think you could be satisfied. So now does this mean, does this now mean that if they only get air quotes, air quotes here because remember they haven't done it in five years, only get to six, you're you're not satisfied with the season? Because I, because I, I have a really hard time looking at this season that way, and I know that it's gonna, it's gonna sound weird to do that. Because it, it, let's be honest, they're gonna be four and zero. Seth, if they're it, right, and I was just gonna say they're that gonna if be they're four, four and zero, and they finish two six and, six and six, are you gonna feel satisfied, or are you going to? You're gonna look feel at like you left something. You're yes. gonna feel like you left something on the table, but I. I have a hard time saying six wins in a bowl game, given what this program has been for the for the for the last five years, is is an unsatisfying season. 
Right? I, I mean, look at what they've been. They've been falling over I'm themselves. I'm going to say that. They've been falling over I, themselves I for four seasons. I understand. At some point, though, expectations need to be ramped up. And this is what I was harping on in the preseason when I said that 6-6 six and six is no longer the goal, it's the expectation. Like, to me, with what you had... You know, year three, and Dungy is a senior, and all the recruits that Dino Babers has been pulling in are now of age where they can contribute right away. And even some of these freshmen are coming in, and, you know, we've seen, you know, Jarian Howard come in and, and contribute as a true freshman. And they've got some speedy wide receivers that are, are, are showing signs that they're going to be able to, to contribute, you know, as freshmen and redshirt freshmen. They, they, in my opinion, have no reason to. Win less than six games. That that was how I felt before the season right. started. Six and six was the was the expectation. It was not the goal. Now, based on what we've seen through three games, and even though they've they've won three games that frankly we thought they should win, based on how they've looked, based on the other opponents, based on the fact that Carolina's down and Louisville's down, and you know NC State is a home game, and we know they're going to beat UConn. At least we think they're going to beat UConn. You better beat UConn. If they start four and zero and go six and six, yeah, I think would I would I be satisfied with that? Like if I was an SU fan, and I know we're looking at this as members of the media, but and, and I'm curious. That's why I want to hear from our listeners as well at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. If they start four and zero, and if they finish two and six, am I going to be satisfied? And I think the answer is no. See, this is. I understand what you're saying. You're not going to be satisfied from where you are on September 24th, right? Because on September 24th, when they're 4-0 and and we're sitting here saying, hey, they're 4-0, and wow, look how great this is. If they were to go 2-6 and the rest of the way, you would have been like, well, that seems like a missed opportunity. But I, like, I, I guess I'm going bigger picture than just six months, right? Like I, I guess that's why I say, hey, I, I still don't think I would be dissatisfied with those six wins, because I'm I'm going bigger picture than just the six months, just this year, just this you know tenure for Dino Babers. Even it, it just I I feel like they've just been stuck in a rut, and 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 by just by just simply getting out of it, like it's a satisfying year. But and like, I I know that's such a low expectation. It's like just be better than terrible, and right, it's the Chris McCullough quote. Sure, be better than terrible, and you're happy with it, and. Right now, they're better than terrible. But here's the thing. You just said, I, th- I feel like you're proving my point for me. You just said they're stuck in a rut. Won't it feel like if they go 4-0 and and then go 2-6 and down the stretch, isn't it going to feel like the same rut? It isn't it going to feel old. like, well, you beat Clemson. What would you do after you beat Clemson? Oh, you, you didn't win another game? Oh, you beat Virginia Tech the year before. What did you do after that? You went 1-4 and down the stretch. I mean, isn't it going to feel like the rut continues? You started four and zero. You you only went six and six. Yeah, but the difference is now you get a thirteenth game, right? The di- the difference is you finally get that payoff at the end of the year. You finally get that extra game that you, baby that you haven't step. had. That's a baby step. It is step. a baby step. And this this team right now has the ability to take more than a baby step in the right direction. Of course they do. That's why I wouldn't sign up for seven wins because. And that's exactly my point. Seven and five and a lower level bowl game, while it helps with the momentum, it does not expedite the process. They have a chance at four and zero. And what we have seen so far, and the pieces that are in place, I believe. And and again, their schedule, like that's what we have to keep in mind. This is not the schedule they played last year. No. Okay, this is not the schedule they played the year before. The mediocre teams in in the ACC are not. 
far and away better than them. I mean, even Florida State, who's a perennial power, is right. is not as good as Syracuse. You know, Louisville is down. North Carolina is down. Like, that is all part of it. They're not playing Miami at Miami. They're playing North Carolina at home. It's also not next year when you get Boston College and Wake and Pitt at home. And, oh, by the way, Florida State, who presumably isn't going to be world beaters after a year, is on the road. So, like, you you could turn around and, and build a better season on top of this. Like, that, that's why I say, it. yes, it's baby steps to only get six or only get seven. But you're you're still building for something greater. And, and I use this model strictly based on the win-loss record. And I know this is the model that nobody here wants to bring up. But Baylor. Right, and I have to bring it up because it's it's this offensive system and it's this team being right. It's going from from Duke is another good example, right. but but I use it because of the coaching staff and and because of the Fine. the system. Baylor was terrible forever, and they come in and they go four and eight, four and eight, six and six, and take off four and eight, four and eight. If you're seven and five this year, and then you take off because we know next year is shaping up to be an easier year out of conference and an easier year in conference next year. Like you can go seven and six and feel really, really good about where you are seven and five, I should say, and feel really, really good about where you are heading into next year. Right. I mean, you could, you could sit there at seven, seven and five plus a ball game, whatever happens in the ball game. And at the end of the year, you're like, all right, well, we swap out uh, we swap Notre Dame for Maryland next year. You know, that's another game that we could win. Oh, we swing BC at home. Maybe that's a game that we win next year. You know, hey, Florida State's on the road, but we just we just manhandled them. Maybe we could still win that game, right? And, and all of a sudden, you're looking and you're building, and, and hey, maybe next year's the year that you go with nine wins. And I'm not saying that that's not on the table for this year, but... Like they've been four and eight three years in a row and three and nine. I don't think you can just expect that they'll make this jump after four years like that and all of a sudden they're gonna win nine games. I'm this not year. expecting it. I'm not expecting it. And in fact, again, went from six and six. Now I'm saying seven wins to me feels fair. Like that seems like a baseline. Would I be satisfied with seven wins in a bowl game? I would be satisfied. But the reason I wouldn't sign up for it is that I think they can do better. There's the potential is there for them to do better. I think if they get six wins, seven wins, eight wins, whatever, they're still going to feel good going into next year. They're Absolutely going to know that they, they have the quarterback position solved with Tommy DeVito. You know, everybody's going to be a year older and faster and stronger and bigger and 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 all that good stuff. And they're going to have and, Tristan Jackson and, and Abdul Adams right. to plug into this offense. And and presumably again the recruiting's only going to continue to pick up. The schedule eases up even more, as you just pointed out. I thought that was a a great point you brought up. I think either way, you're going to feel good going into next year. But to me, the potential is there for for Julian's 10-win pick. Right? And, And to not be laughed at. Like right, like that, and and I'm not saying Julian was laughed at. I'm saying that's the year for that pick to be made, and and to not look at it like you're absolutely crazy. Right? That's the year to look at it and be like, you know what? Like maybe. See, here's the thing. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're going to have a first-year starter next year in Tommy DeVito. Like, this year with a three-year starter in Eric Dungy, and I know that you're gaga over DeVito after what you saw, and a lot of people are, and I understand it, and it was very encouraging to see what he did, but we have to keep in mind, like, he's not the starting quarterback, and, and until he is, and he's out there for 60 minutes, you don't really know how he's going to handle it. That's fair. Um, So... Do I feel better about a three-year? He's, I mean, he's a four-year starter, but really, I, I call him a three-year starter because he's been with Dino played. for three years and for games played. So, an experienced starter in Eric Dungy, or do you feel better about a redshirt freshman in Tommy DeVito? Obviously, next year he would be a redshirt sophomore, but he would be a first-year starter. 
I feel comfortable with, with Dungy running the show right now. We've seen if Dungy is out, DeVito will be just fine. Or at least you feel confident and yes. comfortable that he can come in and do the job. But I don't know if I'm willing to next year say, well, with a redshirt sophomore who's never started before, or again, if Dungy stays healthy, he never would have started before coming in. I don't know if I feel good saying, yeah, this team should win <laughs> 10 games. Um, but I, I, I just say the way it's shaping up with the schedule and the whole yeah. deal. I, I understand what you're saying. I don't know. If, if to me, this comes down Look, to I've do you want to be? I've already come up from five to seven. Five. Like, how much higher am I going to jump from well, five? Here's the thing: Do you want to be conservative or do you want to be aggressive? And you're I'm going to continue con- to be conservative. You're taking the conservative, like because again, I said this before the season. I said this before the season. Uh, my my time watching Syracuse football has told me they will lose a game they shouldn't. And so, yeah, maybe they should. Maybe they should go win eight games, but that doesn't mean they're not going to lose to to UNC if they start four right? and zero. The, the bottom line on this, we got to take our first break. Bottom line on this, if they start four and zero and finish two and six, you're saying that you'll still be satisfied at six and six in a bowl game, and I'm telling you that you're lying. If you think about it, if they are, I mean, you're probably right. I'm probably going to sit here at the end six, of the season and be like, "Wow, that was disappointing." Yes, right. You are lying if you think you're going to be satisfied with that. 7644 We do need to take our first time out. Phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Talking SU football the entire first hour. Back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. 315-437-7644. To the phone lines we go. Dan in Baldwinsville kicking us off today on the show. Hey, Dan. How you doing, fellas? Good. How are you today? Terrific. Uh, listen, <laughs> if this group starts 4-0, which they absolutely should, and finishes two and six, an incredible disappointment. Incredible. If they're going to have any kind of season whatsoever, you've got to beat Pittsburgh. You've got to beat Wake Forest. Uh, you've got a shot at beating Boston College, North Carolina. If these guys are going to be relevant at any time, they have to beat the BCs, the Wake Forest, the Carolinas, uh, the Carolina, uh, Carolina State. You got to beat those teams, absolutely. Four and zero to to six and six, incredibly disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you, Dan, and I appreciate you checking in. That that's how I feel, and so that's why I say, Seth. That you know, under this hypothetical scenario, if we could auto play the rest of the season, would you sign up for seven wins? And I would say no, because right now I feel like seven wins is kind of the baseline. Like for me, that's the baseline. And you wouldn't sign up for the baseline. You want to roll the dice. It's like right. let's make a deal. It is. Right. Okay, you've got five hundred dollars in your pocket. You've got those three doors. You know, there might be ten grand behind one of these doors. You're not gonna just sign up for five hundred dollars if you know, like, I'm walking away with five hundred dollars no matter right. what. Or there's a good chance I'm walking away with with at least $500, I'm going to roll the dice. And I think if you're Syracuse football in this hypothetical situation, I think you roll the dice because I think seven wins is kind of the baseline right now. This So you just made me think of this clip from Family Guy that came up a lot with the Cleo Mack trade and like all these trades where you're trading people, where they're in the insurance, they're in like some insurance place. I, I have the clip. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Griffin. Now, I know you've been here all day, so if you'll just sign this contract without reading it, I'll take your blank check, and you won't not be not loving your timeshare before you know it. Oh, look, Slick, we're not going to buy your lousy timeshare, all right? Now, where's my boat? Oh, hold on. You have a choice. You can have the boat, 
or the mystery box. What, are you crazy? We'll take the boat. No, 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 not so fast, Lois. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know... <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, I... Yeah, sure, take what's behind the curtain. It also could be a zonk and you could lose, right? So, I, I mean, I said I signed up for seven. Uh, I, I was not saying six, uh, to go two and six down the stretch. You know, if you if you finish the year three and five after starting four and zero, oh, you're. I think you're still going to feel pretty good about getting to seven wins. You said as long as you make a bowl game that you're feeling you're feeling good, and I'm I'm telling you, I I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think just a bowl game and everyone is going to be satisfied and it's all butterflies and roses. I think if you start four and zero, oh, I think the expectations will go up, and I think they should go up, and I think they already have gone up. I mean, you've already come up from five. Yes. I think seven is the baseline right now. I think if you start four and zero and finish six and six, that that is a disappointment. You're disappointed with that. You're disappointed you didn't do more. I think seven is kind of okay. I'm fine with it, which is why I wouldn't sign up for it because I think seven's the baseline. I think you could do better. That's fine. I, I mean, look, I I think you you would be disappointed short term, but I think when you look big picture, you would still say, hey, they finally made it back to a bowl game, knowing you build off of that seven. I think you would be. You say it's the baseline. And I, I guess that's fair. I think seven would be a a very successful season if they got to yeah, seven wins. You'd feel even, good about even seven. with even with starting four and zero. You would feel very good about that, where you are at seven. That's what that's I'm saying. That's why I said take seven. It. I would be satisfied. But to me, that's like, you know, you know me, Seth. You know I hate the word fine. Right. right? I hate the word fine. To me, fine is just like average. I want to be better than average. Seven. If you start four and zero, to me, seven is yeah, that's fine. Like I would be minimally satisfied with seven. I think they they could potentially do better than that. That's why I wouldn't sign up for it. Back to the phone lines we go. Ben in Manlius up next on the show. Hey, Ben. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I think it is uh, kind of like the lunatic fan's perspective to suddenly change your uh, expectations for the seasons after it started. You know, if you're happy, and I think we should be, Winning six games, getting to a bowl game, like by your logic, like if they went eight and zero and was the last three, yeah, you might feel disappointed as a fan, but in no way should you be disappointed about the season, right? There's too much context, you know. Like, how did we? If we start four and zero, how do we end up? And if we go two and four in those last games, where are the wins and losses? You know, Florida State's a garbage team. Like, beating them is not like. Shouldn't change your entire perception of the season. Why? Hang on. Let's let's leave him on the line. Bet. Um, so let me ask you this. So if they start four and zero, you're going to feel good about six and six. If they go two and six down the stretch, that means, I mean, that means they're losing to some very average teams. I I agree, and I think they're uh, in the larger context a pretty average team. I mean, this is not all of a sudden because we beat Florida State. You know, we're not. You know, the under. You know, the the whatever the undefeated Patriots season. This is a team that still has, uh, you know, a paucity of high level recruits. This is still a team that is overcoming, uh, you know, a lot of shortcomings. And because we started out well, that's great. But that's part of the whole season. You can't just say because if, if especially if you're saying the season these were my expectations let me Once ask you this starts, let, let me you ask, should be happy they're being exceeded let me ask you this so are you a basketball fan 
Yes. So Tyler Ennis's season at Syracuse, when they won all those games, did your expectations of what they should do in March go up when they started twenty five and zero? Well, hold on now, because that's. You just said if they started eight. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, Ben. Hang on. You just said this. If this team starts eight and zero, you know you're not going to be disappointed if they flame out at the end and, and lose their last four. I'm asking you if you know basketball, and there's obviously more games, so proportionally, that's that's about the same thing. You're saying starting eight no, twenty five and zero is about the same thing in basketball. I mean, would if you not expect them to go? I was disappointed, not really, because I didn't think the twenty five and zero right. was a real reflection I, of that team. I think you're in the minority, then. I do, and that's fine. Like that, that can be how you perceive things, and and I think that that's a very sophisticated way to look at it. If you if your expectations didn't change with a twenty five and zero start, I think you're in the minority. I really do. Or if this team were to start eight and zero, I mean. Keep in mind what eight and zero would mean, and Ben, we appreciate checking in. Eight and zero would mean you beat Clemson at Clemson, right? You're no, telling if you got me, to eight, look, if you got to eight, you would eight, be a, yeah. you would be in the top fifteen, right. maybe the top ten, probably the top ten, probably the top ten. You would be in line. You would have. Uh, I at, do. at that point, I, you would be the front runner to go to the ACC championship I, game. I will, I will say his his larger point that he was making that like the fact that they came out and have beaten three average to below average teams. And likely will go beat another just flat out bad team on Saturday. That's that's where I'm coming from when I say okay. That's that's why I'm couching expectations a little bit because like they they've come out and beaten three bad below yes. average to average at best. Teams. For him to say we're looking at them like the undefeated Patriots, that is not the case. You're the one who keeps bringing up ESPN's you know formula FPI. Yeah, yeah they've got Syracuse winning eight games. They do so. That would mean if they go six and six, that they lost two games that they technically should not lose. Now, the FBI they they changed the expectations with Syracuse. Vegas had Syracuse win in four and a half games. Vegas updates the line. They right? do. It, expectations change when you see a team play, and oh by the way, and this is a big part of this when you see the other teams play. North Carolina is not good. UConn is not good. Wake Forest, I think, is. They're okay. Average. Yeah. They're I think BC's pretty good. BC's a top 25 team. Right. BC's, like legitimately. BC's good. Wake uh, is average. Louisville is down. Pittsburgh, average. Pittsburgh and Wake are 6-6, are six and 7-5 six, and five teams that are going to make a bowl game. Louisville, Louisville might not even be that. Yeah. So, again, this is... This is not, well, they beat Florida State, and so now all of a sudden I think they're going to go undefeated. You're missing the point, Ben, if that's what you think. What I'm saying is, based on what we've seen from Syracuse, based on what we've seen from the opponents, based on how this schedule shakes out, I think they're going to win more than six games. I predicted six wins at the beginning of the season. I think seven now is the fair expectation. I'm not predicting more than seven. Right now I'm predicting seven, which is why with this question, would you sign up for seven right this second? I would say no, because I think they're getting seven anyway. They don't have yeah. to hit autoplay on the video game controller. I think they're getting seven anyway, which is why I would not sign up for seven. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. No, that makes complete sense. All right, back to the phone lines. Chuck in North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Chuck. Hey, uh, Steve. I'm totally <clears throat> excuse me with you because ultimately what are we trying to do here? We're trying to impress recruits. You can't go two and six, you know. I mean, you got to go four and four, five and three, because if you're a highly recruited receiver, you want to come to Syracuse because they got something going on there. Dino Babers has got something going. 
he's got a quarterback now. I can make a name for myself at Syracuse in, in that system. If you're a highly recruited lineman, you want to be there to you know uh, help protect the quarterbacks and make something go there at Syracuse. So we've got to impress some of these recruits because recruiting is just the key. And um, we'll see what you have to say about that. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I think six and six, while it is a step forward, it is a baby step. It and if you start four and zero, the opportunity is there. And you want to capitalize on that. Like, you have the ability, the way that the schedule shakes out and the way that you were able to start, the opportunity is there for this to be a very good season. And I think, very, you know, I think seven wins, you'd be happy with that. I think anything more than that, I mean, you would be obviously ecstatic. Of course. I just don't think six and six after a four and oh start, I don't, I don't know as if you would feel great about that or, or even satisfied for that matter. Because to me, that's a baby step, and you don't want baby steps. You're tired it's a baby of baby step. steps. It's this a program baby hasn't step. been ranked since 2001. You're it's tired a, of that. It's a baby step given how they started. It's not it's a, a baby step six anyway. Six and six isn't a baby step no, from three, four, and eight years in a row. They went to two pinstripe bowls. They went to the Texas Bowl. What really changed? You went to the Texas Bowl. They won the they Texas Bowl. Step, what, they took what major changed? steps back. But what changed by winning two pinstripe bowls? Nothing. Nothing. So that's my point. Is like you don't want to yeah, go but this six is also, and six. But in theory, in theory here, this is also the first step, not the final step, right? The pinstripe bowl. The pinstripe bowl was the final step. But for Doug, it didn't even for move Doug the Marone needle in the Big East. It that didn't was, even that move was the, the needle. Final step though. It didn't even move the needle though. It, in, in terms of attendance, in terms of recruiting, in terms of where this program is nationally within the ACC. Because it, well, because one, they they went from the Big East to the ACC, which was a huge jump. But then they also, after those two bowl games, went right back to what they were. After all three of the bowl games, they went right back to what they so were. So what's to say if you go six and six, you know that they're gonna? Well, they're definitely gonna win more games next year. You like? I feel more confident that they will now than I did five years ago that they would. I don't know. I think you're missing the point. I think I, I can't make you see the point. I think you're missing it. I no, I understand what you're saying. You want more than six, and and I and that's reasonable. Six and six in a lower level bowl game is not going to move. It's not the needle. satisfying for you. It's not. A, it's not. You don't think it's moving the needle enough, and you're not getting any better than the thirty-seven thousand fans who were in the dome on Saturday afternoon, right? It, it that's essentially what you're saying. Going six and six is not bringing more people into the dome. It's not bringing more interest to. To, to this program. It's not moving the program forward. It's moving the program forward a baby step. And I think you have the opportunity to do more than that this year. Let's get another phone call in. Dom and Syracuse up next on the show. We're, we're way over in this segment, Dom, but I I, I want to hear what you have to say. How are you? Oh, okay. Steve, let me try to, to explain your point on this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So, we both agree that you know, Syracuse, going into the season, we said Syracuse needs to win the games that the, the games that they should win, they need to win, right? They need to beat UConn. They needed to beat the Tier 2 schools. Going into the season, we said they needed to accomplish that. Do we agree on that? Yes, yes. and now right? there are more games okay. they should win than before okay. before so, the season started. Right, right, right. Hold on a second. So, and we're saying, you know, and we can make adjustments. Just like you said, Vegas changes their line. We've seen teams that we thought were good that are now bad. We see teams like Syracuse that we thought were going to be bad that are surprisingly good. So we can adjust our line, correct? Yes. So, so now, now let's say this: three games into the season, Syracuse should win. Should be winning the winnable games. Looking at that metric now, 
of teams that are bad, if you look at it through that lens, if they win the games they should win, they are an eight-win school now. They are an eight. If they just win the games, they should win this year. So if that's why he's saying six wins right now, if you go two and six the rest of the way, that is a step back. Nationally speaking, that's a step back. Yes, you make a mediocre bowl, but that's the bar Syracuse this season set the expectation. They've reset the line. Now it's a, now the line set at eight or seven, whatever you want to say. So if you want, I mean, you can't you can't I mean, you can't say oh, if they win six wins, go to a bowl. That's no, it's not. It's a step back. Because they've lost games they should have won at six wins. That's uh, yes, that's fair. I I yeah, that I I agree with that. There and and Steve, I know you made no, I no, I agree Thank with you, Dom, for no, 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 articulating no, no, no. my I'm, point. I agreed I agree with with the larger point of there there are now more games you should go win. And I know you were making that point before, but there are now game more games that you should go win. And you know, if you could do that, you're you're ha- obviously you're happier. I, I still say I would sign up for seven wins. <laughs> Oh, Dom! Thank can you for helping I, can me. Can I with also that. read something he, he else? Listens to end to the other season? people. He just he does not listen to me. Can I just read something else to, to end the segment? ESPN uh, released a fan happiness poll index. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse seventeenth in the country. Yeah. So whatever that means. Are colors reflecting that? I don't. I don't know if I, I feel. They, I don't know. I don't know if I feel happy <laughs> through happy? 40, 40 minutes of this show. But this is, it's a healthy discussion. We do desperately need to take a timeout. Full lines remain open. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Back after this on ESPN Radio. I got Polly on my side. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I got Polly on my side. Spent this entire break arguing, <laughs> arguing with you about people. the show. Yes. It's Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating and Air, 315-437-7644. Let's go back to the phone line. Scooter and Jamesville up next on the show. Hey, Scooter. I guess I want to, Seth, I want to make sure I hear this correctly. Do uh, you think next year's better shot for an eight-win season than this year? Is, I think, that, what, is I, that what you're saying? I mean, I, I think next year is the year that has been set up to go on jump. Yeah. I, I okay. think I think that the schedule lightens up next year. I think that uh, you know you're you're another year into the system, and in theory, have more better recruits coming in. You know, okay. another year of his recruits. Okay, because I, I I'm trying to think who's who's a crossover division next year for Syracuse. Is that that I don't on the know. road somewhere? That I I don't know that one. Okay. off the top of my head. The reason why I'm asking is because the you know right now we got the teams that are the most difficult part of our schedule at home. And now we're going to play them on the road. And after Florida State, you know, we just, just like Clemson, probably uh, probably we got Clemson's attention last year for beating them. I'm sure Florida State, we got their attention next year. And we lose two years. And if we can beat uh, – if, if Florida State loses to Syracuse two years in a row, uh, probably uh, Taggart's going to have a for sale sign on his, on his, on his lawn somewhere. Scooter, uh, G- Scooter, your earlier point uh... – Non-conference at Liberty, at Maryland, Western Michigan at home, Holy Cross at home, and their crossover opponent is at Duke. At Duke, okay. I mean, that's you know, what what is that? A marginal step between UNC? Yeah, you know, they're better, better coach than Cutliffe. You well, never sure. know. He's a quarterback guru, so I don't, I don't know. I've seen him. I've seen Duke play a couple times this year. We'll see what they got. They're you know, and remember they. Uh, they were just in the uh, conference title game a couple years ago when they came in to beat Syracuse in the Dome. So, you know, they're one of those teams on the road, small 
small band box, but I'm just saying that, you know, the 50-50 games are on the road this year, and Wake Forest doesn't scare me as far as going into the, the, the road environment. Uh, Boston College, uh, you know, who knows? I, I guess they, they're a football environment, but they also got Red Sox in New England to worry about. Pittsburgh, never, I've never seen that stadium full, so that, that one's probably tougher because we haven't beaten Pittsburgh down there. But, yeah, I just see more chances to win on the road this year than I do next year. And and next year we're definitely going to have to watch the banana peel a couple of games, and the Duke game will be a banana peel game. I just I just wondered, and I, I want to throw this out too, guys, because I don't understand the excuses Notre Dame has to come and play in Syracuse. But if I read it right, they're, they're going to go play Wake Forest uh, this week, and I unless they enlarge their stadium, that was a thirty-two thousand seat arena. If somehow they don't mind playing Wake Forest or Wake Forest, what's their excuse not to play Syracuse? Syracuse. Scooter, this game, uh, this year's Notre Dame game was supposed to be in Notre Dame, so it's a, it's a home game they're moving. No, 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 no. I'm talking about we never we, we haven't played Notre Dame here. We've always had to go down to the Meadowlands to play them. Well, I and think those were those were one-off things. Yeah, I mean, I think those were one-off things. Wasn't the last the last game that went down to the Meadowlands was a, a Notre Dame home game as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then and then uh, this one is a Yankee Stadium game. I mean, I think Notre Dame would rather play games in larger venues where they're closer to their alumni. But I, I don't know that that's why they haven't played up here. Yeah, Notre Dame, uh, 2014. That was that was a MetLife Stadium. But was that an, is originally a Notre Dame home game or an SU home game? So. I don't remember. I don't think so. I believe that was. We uh, I mean, I think it was a. Uh, yeah, I think it was a. Syri- I, I want to say it was a Syracuse home game. I think it was. I'm pretty okay. sure, just like USC and everything else. Yeah, and I just was wondering because you know because Notre Dame's part technically uh, placebo part of the ACC where they play X amount of ACC teams and. I just noticed they play a lot of them at their home venue, uh, at you know places, and I think they played at Virginia one year, and that's not exactly a gigantic stadium. But it just seemed to me that uh, they had an excuse to, to, to move to move the game to MetLife, but yet they don't they, don't, they, they feel comfortable going and playing these other smaller arenas. So I don't you know. I just was wondering when, when our when our time comes up and they're supposed to play at Syracuse again, uh, you know you know they'll force them to come to the dome. You can't say it's too small. Yeah. Notre Dame kind of lives by its own rules. I think we've all learned I, I, that over the years. Their ACC deal is just that, isn't it? Yeah, they, they do live what by they their want. Own rules. They do what they want. Uh, but yeah, this year's game is is part of the Shamrock series. That's a that's a Notre Dame home game. Uh, we do need to take a timeout and, and get back on time. We'll wrap up hour number one right after this on ESPN Radio. Steven Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Onondaga Community College's Workforce Development Program. Learn the skills local employers need in just two to eight months. For more information, go to sunyocc.edu backslash workforce. During the commercial break, our good friend Matt Park uh, popped his head in to, to clarify something in regards to, to Syracuse Notre Dame, and, and you're right on, Matt, uh, in regards to you know why Notre Dame has not come here. Uh, that won't be the case moving forward because that part of it's out of their hands. Right. You know, you're going back to the 03 game, the Walter Reyes game. That's the last time that Notre Dame played here. The only time they've played in the dome, and it goes we go back to that case. So that still was not a, a sellout game, which is not necessarily the discussion we're having now, but it does lend partly to why subsequent games were at MetLife Stadium and not at the Dome. Those games being played at MetLife predated 
the arrangement that Notre Dame has with the ACC that requires them to play five conference opponents a year. And the reason they're going to Wake now and not the Dome is that the Wake agreement, the scheduling the Wake game falls under that umbrella that has led to the games that are on the schedule for down the road for Syracuse to play in the Carrier Dome, but that last batch of games that they played in the in the Dome in fourteen or in, in MetLife in fourteen and sixteen were scheduled and were on the books before Notre Dame had that uh, commitment to play. And so, you know, to me, you think historically, it's weird to see Notre Dame playing at Wake Forest yeah. and playing at home against Ball State. You know, but they've really softened their schedule over time, and the, the ACC commitment is actually part of that. All right. I know that you're busy preparing your for your show uh, at 2 o'clock. Um, anything you want to well, mention about this Well, I am kind of workshopping it here, but I, okay. I figured that the first segment of our show will be kind of following up on yours. And I, I see the angle of, of both of you. I see where you're coming from, Steve. I mean, the, the part of it that I'm thinking about is if you, if you went to, and you bought into a fund with your financial advisor and all your millions – and you were told <laughs> you were told up front that the uh, the 15-year performance of this fund is that it's averaging five percent, and then on back-to-back months it averaged ten. Are your expectations going forward that it's going to average ten or five? Right. Just because one, point. just because it shoots up for a little bit, doesn't mean that's always what it's going to do. But if you're asking me, you know, the but then for season, a year, for a year, if it made eight, would you be thrilled? Right. That that's my point. Is that you know we're not talking what's going to happen for the next ten years. We're talking about what's going to happen over the course of the next two months. And and based on what we've seen from Syracuse, based on what we've seen from the opponents, I think it's realistic. I think seven is realistic, and that's why I said I wouldn't sign up for seven and not play the rest of the season because I think they're I think personally they're getting the seven anyway, and why not roll the dice and see what you got? And I realize that's a hypothetical. I agree situation. with that. If you, I, I the one the first caller since I've been here got back from lunch and heard somebody call it. I mean, this is what, what I'll start my show on. I would not use the word huge disappointment. I would say mild disappointment along your lines. I think you're right. I think they're trending in the neighborhood of six, seven, eight wins. And of course, play it out. I mean, that's what's the that's the fun part of all of this, you know. But uh, I think you have to understand the larger picture and where you're going and how you're trending. And and there have been one offs here and there, you know, teams that all of a sudden pop out for that are used to winning, you know, four, five, six games that win nine and ten in a year, and and then kind of uh, return to the mean a little bit. But that's the the fun of watching it go. Yeah, and that's how we started the show, man. I don't know if you heard, but one of our our loyal listeners brought up the question if you could kind of auto play the rest mm-hmm. of the season would you sign up for seven wins right now and and just take it and, and run to the bank with it or would you play it out and i think you play it out because i think seven is realistic and i think you know if some things break right maybe you do get to you know eight or god forbid we say nine um not predicting it but there's i want to see p- what happens there's the potential there yeah all right i i know you're busy Matt. Thanks well, for i just want to look something up because and uh, i'm stealing your uh your copy of the Phil Steels, which I, I have several of at <laughs> You're home. You're borrowing it. You're not stealing yeah, it. Yeah, because the whole concept of win the games you're supposed to win, of late, there haven't been many games you're supposed to win. You know, look at that. I mean, going to Wake Forest is literally, or I'm sorry, uh, Western Michigan, literally the first time in a four-year span that Syracuse has been a road favorite. That says something. Which it's been a while, the, yeah. Which you could play yourself into this year. You potentially could be a road favorite. At Pittsburgh, if you, you come home in those next two, you know NC State, Carolina uh, before it, you know 
you're not going to be a favorite probably against uh, Notre Dame, but but later in the year you could you could sort of see that. I'm actually a little surprised to see this, and I'm not a, a gambler that one in four last year is a home, they were favored in five home games and only won one, which would have been Central Connecticut. So that's that to me is um, right. I'm surprised to to see that because I think when you look at now I'm doing my show, but I'm. Uh, where under Baber, the Babers era, at least, have they won the games they're supposed to win? I think you look at what look at the other way. What games they lost? They were supposed to win. Middle Tennessee is really the only one yep. that comes to mind. Like, hey, this absolutely should have been a victory of better players um, because the, the other those mitigating circumstances at the end of the year is so a wounded team against a, a fresher team, and you know the November's for the last handful of years here. All right. Well, we, we've got plenty to talk about today. Hopefully, you've got plenty to talk about there as we go. well. Hopefully, uh, there's some left. Let's uh, let's get back to the phone. Let's get a, a quick phone call in here before we hit the top of the hour. Marty in Tampa up next on the show. Hey, Marty. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I was listening to the conversation about Notre Dame, and um, yeah, that was you know pre-ACC agreement, but Dr. Gross and all wisdom is the one who moved those right. Down to the Meadowlands, you know the USC game, the Penn State game, I believe, too, and Notre Dame for that payday. And uh, you know, I technically were supposed to be our home games. And I believe, I believe, if I heard Wild Hack correctly, on this new ACC agreement, when Notre Dame comes around in a rotation, he unequivocally is not moving these games out of the carrier dome. Uh, don't. Do you remember anything like that? Yeah, that is my understanding. And, and Matt Park just came in and, and he uh, he mentioned that as well. That when Notre Dame uh, went down to MetLife to play Syracuse again, that was an agreement that was already in place before the the ACC uh, agreement. Um, and that's my understanding that when they when they hook up again, that that Notre Dame is going to come here. Yeah, and they and they should, right? I mean, they should. That that's how the schedule works. That's how this agreement works. You're you're going to kind of sort of be an ACC team. You should kind of sort of be going to the ACC venues. I just do want to point out uh, the attendance in 2016 in MetLife, uh, s- just about 63,000. Right. The attendance in 2014, uh, just about 77,000. And as Matt pointed out, uh, not a sellout the last time Notre Dame came to town, uh, which was, again, it was Don't Paul worry. Pasqualoni. Things were, you know, they were about a 500 team. It was the, the season finale, uh, but they did not sell out that game. So I'm just four, throwing it out four there years for from now, that, four, four years from now, they're visiting. Don't worry. Just throwing it out there for for what it's worth. All right, we're up against the clock. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this. But first, here's Tommy with a Sports Center update.